Okay, so we're starting at the top of Yud Bet Amud Aleph. You, if you notice, it's a pretty short parak. It's just like two dafim in the parak, basically two and a half. So, um, okay, now we're going to discuss an issue that does relate to Cholamoi, certainly, but at the beginning it's going to relate to Shabbat. Okay, it says as follows. Amar Shmuel. Shmuel says, So Shmuel says that those are Mekabli Kibola. These are people who are contractors, and these are non-Jewish contractors. Okay, Rashi says, If you want to hire a non-Jewish contractor, okay, a contractor means you're paid by the job, not by the day or the hour. So it's betocha tchum. If it's within the tchum Shabbat, right? We know you're not allowed to walk more than two thousand amot outside the city limits on Shabbat. And if it's within that, which means it's an area that's accessible to the people of the city, then it's asur. It's prohibited, presumably because it looks like you hired the Jew, the non-Jew, to do work for you on Shabbat, and people might notice because it's within the tchum. But chutz tchum mutar. But if it's outside the tchum, then it will be. Uh, permissible to hire them, okay? Because people, I guess, wouldn't be able to uh, know. And again, the issue is not about the hiring, because the hiring itself is okay, right? If you hire a non-Jew before Shabbat to do contract work, so you're not telling him he has to do the work on Shabbat, okay? If you hire someone and you say, do the work on Shabbat, that's not allowed. But to say, do work in general, and they choose to do it on Shabbat, that's not a problem. But if it's within the Tchum Shmuel saying, then it's problematic because it will look like it. So as long as it doesn't, doesn't look like you're hiring them on Shabbat, you're all good, and that's why outside the Tchum is fine. Rabbi says, even if it's outside the Tchum, it's only permissible if there's no place that's close to there. Meaning, if you imagine, so if it's there in the city over here and the city over here, so if you go outside the Tchum of this city, if you're within the Tchum of this city, and I guess the assumption is that people know each other, right? Then Rabbi says, it's still no good because you're close to the city over here. But if there is a place that's close to it, it could also be awesome. Okay. So it's a further limiting of the of the of the halacha. Amar Masharsha, Rabbi Masharsha says, but he lekamatu the makarvel hatam. And even if there's no place that's close, you only have city A over here, and you're more than two thousand of other way. Nami lo amran ala b'shabatov yavim tovim delosh chichi inchi de azil hatam. So we're only going to permit it on Shabbos and Yantiv, where it's not going to be common for people to go there. Okay, to where the work is being done, because again, presumably because it's outside the tzum. Where it is going to be common that people will go there because there's no limitations on where you can travel, so it will be Aser. Okay, so here we see the relevance to the Cholomoid, that you're not allowed to hire the non-Jew to do the work for you, um, even if it's the Kabbalah, even if it's contract work, as because again, the assumption is people will kind of sort of figure it out, and again, even if um, <clears throat> it technically should be allowed, it looks bad. Okay, it looks bad. Okay. Now, Marzudra Beder of Nachman Bandulay Apadna Mekabli Kibolev Chutzatum. So Marzudra, uh, the son of Rav Nachman, had them build, uh, the, the, the contractors built for him a, a padna, a, uh, a mansion, okay, outside the Tchum. So it sounds like it should be okay. So Ikla Rav Safa Rafuna Barchinina Vilu so Rav Safar and Rav Huna came, came to visit him, or whatever, came to visit the area, but they wouldn't go into this uh, mansion, I guess, because they felt that it was built Some people say he himself didn't go in. Okay, so it's a little strange. So like either or why he himself wouldn't do it, maybe because he felt like retroactively like it hadn't been done properly. So Kumar says, 
But Shmuel said that if it's a contract work, if it's outside the tum, if it's inside the tum, it's outside. If it's outside the tum, it should be motor. Apparently, that was outside the tum, right? But to extend that, the whole thing was just outside the tum. So why, why do they have a problem with it? Our answer is Adam Chashuv Shani. Right, we had the same answer at the end of yesterday's Amud. Right, that an important person is different and has to act a little bit more carefully. Some say it was a different issue that he gave them siyua, he gave them assistance betivna by providing them with straw. Okay, so it wasn't that uh, they were completely independent. He was actually helping them out, and if he was helping them out, then even outside the tzum shabbat, it would be prohibited for him them to build for him. Okay. Now, new story. Rav Chama shar lehu la'avungari debeirish galuta la'meva lehu avidita b'cholo demona. Okay, Rav Chama permitted the avungari. Uh, so uh, the Safari translated avungari as bathhouse attendants. Um, the, the Rashi says misadreshul chanot, people who arrange tables. Either way, they're people who are just doing some work. And the house of the reish galuta, he permitted them to do work on cholamoi. Amar, he said, cave into agar loka shaklai. He said, since they're not receiving payment, agar is like the word sachar, okay, they're not getting payment, um, they are just doing him a favor, okay, therefore we don't care about it. Okay, so you're, you're allowed to have a non-Jew work for you if they're doing you a favor, it's not that you can't have a non-Jew like in your house, okay. Rashi points out, means that it's just, it's basic, um, you know, Rebbeth, there's a little bit of a gain, that they get their meals paid for, right? Like they come and join them for lunch, so that's not really payment, it's just they get some little benefit, so it's like, hey, will you help me move? You know, I've got pizza, you know, so like, okay, so in that case, they can help me move, help me do the bathhouse, or help me, uh, you know, move some tables around, and I'll, you know, you can have some lunch with me. So that's not the biggest deal, and that's what I think permitted. Okay, now, Tana Rabbanu, learn the bright. Okay, you're allowed to hire a contractor during Cholomoed to do the work after the Moed, okay, after the Chag is over. But to do the work during the Moed would be Asur. Here's the general principle. Anything you yourself can do, you can tell the non-Jew to do. Anything you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to tell the non to do. Okay? So that's sort of the general principle there. Tanya Idach, another writer says, Wait, from, Rav, Rav, Yeah, 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 go ahead, sure, yeah. Is that just the Cholmoy principle, or is that, would that apply to Shabbos also? Well, presumably it applies to, the, to Shabbos as well, right? If you're allowed to do it yourself, there's nothing wrong with telling right. a non to do it. Right? And it would actually be a little stricter, you would think, right? Because normally we would say that ask like, there's some things you're not allowed, you, you normally think, like on Shabbos, for example, there's certain things we're not allowed to do, that we say, okay, but if you ask a non-Jew, so maybe we could be more lenient, right? Certain Isid or or something like that. Oh, ask a non-Jew, so you'd be like, so here it seems to be a little more strict almost, right? It's like, if you can do it, you can ask a non-Jew. If you can't do it, you can't ask a non-Jew either. So it doesn't like reduce the level, which is interesting, right? You, you might have thought it would be more, more lenient. Um, so right, so Tanya Idah, another brother says, Mekablin ki la sotel Okay, the, another way of saying this is that you can accept contract, you can hi, hire contractors to do work after the Moed. And here's the, the, uh, the exception. As long as it doesn't measure or weigh or count the way he does during the week. Meaning they can't be doing like prep work during Cholom Moed to then do the work after the Moed. That doesn't count. Meaning, so it's good that you're hiring for after the Moed, but part of the, the permission to hire them after the Moed is... Um, what's it called? They, they can't do the, they can't do any prep work during. Okay. 
Now, Tamir Rabbanan, here's an interesting uh, case as well of how we uh, assume that things are considered to be like um, Malacha. Tana Rabbanan, Ein Marbi'in Behema Bechaloshamoed. You're not allowed to breed animals, okay? And now breeding them here means very actively, okay? It's not just like, oh, just like bringing them into a pen. We'll see about that later, okay? But it means like actively breeding the animals on Cholamoed. That's also considered to be like uh, doing work with them. Tayotibo Ein Marbi'in Bechor Below Epsulim Mukdashim. Similarly, you're not allowed to breed a Bechor, a firstborn animal, or Epsulim Mukdashim means animals that were consecrated to the base of Mikdash for Korban or other purposes that then became, let's say, became a Baalmum or something, became unfit. And therefore, um, those things you're not allowed to do any work with those animals. A Bechor or Epsulim Mukdashim, you're not allowed to do any work. So you see, here also you can't be Marbia. That's also considered to be uh, prohibited work, okay, which is interesting. Tanya Idach, there's another Brayta. In Marbi'in Behima Bechaloshamoed. So another Brayta says a similar halacha. You can't breed the animals on Cholamoed. Rabbi Domer, Chamora Shetava. If you have a female donkey that's Tava, it's desirous, meaning she is sort of what we call like in heat, right? It's time for her to mate. Then Marbi'in Alazachar, Bishvilashalotisanein. You are allowed to bring a male with her to, uh, to breed with her so that she doesn't cool down, meaning so that she doesn't uh, pass her uh, cycle, I guess, where she's supposed to be able to. Uh, to get impregnated, I guess that would be considered to be a loss, right? The point is that would be double her albe, right? So just generally to breed them, you say, don't do it. But if it's specifically the timing when the animal needs to do it in order to be successful, then that would be a loss if you don't do it because you expect that the animals will provide you with new, you know, uh, babies every year. So uh, that you have to, that you'd be allowed to do. Usha'ar kolab behemot, and when it comes to enter animals, you're allowed to bring them into uh, what we call a bakara, like a, like a corral, right? Like where you keep the animals. So again, you're not, um, you don't have to force them on the, the males on the females. You just sort of like, you know, let nature take its course, but you're allowed to, you're allowed to do that. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan, on a similar note, or a somewhat similar note, in midayrin, to be midayer is to bring an animal into a pen, like there's a field that's enclosed. So you can't bring them in there on Shabbatot The idea would be that if they're hanging around in there, they're grazing, then they'd be you know, uh, practically um, fertilizing the field right, with their uh, dung. And that you see, you can't put them in there specifically in Shabbos and Yantaf or Nanacholamot either. mutar. But if they go on their own to that place, it's permissible. I mean, you don't have to remove them from there. You can let, and let them do whatever they want to do, but specifically to bring them in would also not be permissible. Okay? You can't uh, help them along. Meaning, uh, here the idea of Rashi says, so he says, if you, you can't like, help the animal, like guide the animal into the field, okay? And if it's uh, non-Jews who are the they're non-Jewish uh, shepherds, you can't help them sort of trans- transport the animals from one place to another, again, in order to fertilize the field, even if they came on their own. I mean, you can't help out. That's what you can't help out there. You can't give them a shomer, like a guard, but the guard here also probably means like uh, uh, to, to herd them, okay, to herd their sheep um, that way as well, okay? Again, the same idea, to fertilize them. If the shepherds, the non-Jewish shepherds we're talking about was hired for a Shabbat, it doesn't mean for Shabbos, it means for a week, or for a month, or for a year, or for a Shavuot, which doesn't here doesn't mean a week, it means 
a seven-year period, then because they've been hired for an extended period of time, then you are allowed to help them out and you are allowed to uh, hire someone or give them a shomer, excuse me, to sort of lend that air. It means like to stir up, it means to herd the sheep. And the idea again is because you have already hired this person for an extended period of time, we don't view the little help you're giving them as being a violation of Shabbat because it doesn't look like you are doing it specifically for them to do this on Shabbos. It's generally they do this work, so whatever. So it's okay that it actually happens on Shabbos. Again, you see here, it's not about this malacha. It doesn't seem to be it's particularly malacha that itself is problematic. It's just sort of like it has this bad look. So if you can sort of, uh, if you're in a scenario where it, it's sort of like you can, you know, move around that, then it uh, works out okay. Rebbe Omer, Rebbe says, Bishabbat bitova. If you want to help them out on uh, Shabbat, you can have them do it. This means actually Shabbat. Bitova. Tova means as a favor. Okay? So you can have the non-Jew uh, do these things if he's not going to get paid. Okay? Uh, one second. Rashi says, If somebody wants to help out that guy who was hired as a favor, so then he can do it. Okay? He can do it. Um, Yom Tovim is a note, for, and Yom Tov you can even do it for food, like you get your, you know, say you get meals or whatever. Bimoed Bishar and Cholamoy, you can even do it for pay. Am Rav Yosef helped the Rebbe, and Rav Yosef says that Lachas actually like Rebbe in that case, which is more lenient than the earlier opinion we saw. That at least you know you can do it for a little more um, in the different circumstances. Okay, fine. Now we get to a new Mishnah. This Mishnah is very very similar to the previous Mishnah. Remember the previous Mishnah we were talking about the. Uh, Beit Habad, the olive press. So now we're going to see about what you can do in the wine press. Similarly, somebody whose wine was in the bore. The bore is like that pit where they collect the wine as you pressed when you uh, pressed all the uh, the, uh, the grapes. Again, he became an ovel. Oh, or another case, ones, or the guy had some. Uh, you know, uh, extenuating circumstance that happened that he wasn't able to do it before. Oh, she uhu, or they, they, or his workers misled him, right? And they, they weren't, they didn't show up when he expected them to show up. So then what can he do on Cholomoy? So Leif, the Gomer, Vergaf, Kedarko, Dib Rabbi Rabbi says, yes, he can uh, be a Zoleif, like um, draw the wine out and Gomer and complete the process and Gath and plug up the barrels of wine. He can do all those things. According to Rabbi Rabbi Yomer, limudim He can make limudim. <clears throat> limudim means, as far as I got Rashi, Oselo limudim, eno yachot laguf kidarko. He cannot plug it up normally. Ela shiitpas haimim limudim shal bishvil shalo yachmitz. I mean, you can kind of create like this, uh, a wooden panel to like, uh, cover the pit so the wine won't get uh, won't be machmitz, it won't become like vinegary, it won't get sour. Okay, so you can sort of like try to help yourself out, but you can't do like the normal behavior. That's a review. is a little more machmir than Rabbi Okay, so Gemara now wants to deal with the question of why do we have these two Mishnayot that seem to tell us the same halacha, essentially, one for olives, one for grapes. So Gemara says, Dutricha, we need both cases. Because if I only taught me the first case of the olives, maybe Rabbi Yossi is lenient there because when it comes to olive, olives, the loss is great. I mean, it's a lot greater loss when it comes to olives than when it comes to wine. Aval, chamra, but when it comes to wine, where the loss isn't so great, maybe he would agree with Rabbi Yudah that you should be more machmir. 
And furthermore, on the reverse way, if I only taught the last case of the wine, maybe Rabbi was more machmer there in that case because the wine is less valuable. Here, in the case of the olives, maybe he would agree to Rabbi Yosef, you can be more makil, so so we need both cases. Okay. Now, so this is actually we talked about before. Rabbi Yisrael Bar Abba says, who's the Tana who says that you need to do a Shinoi, you have to do something in an, an, an unusual manner on Cholomoed, even if Rabbi Yisrael then it's going to be a loss. So Rabbi Yisrael says, Deloka Rabbi that's not like Rabbi Yossi. As we see that Rabbi Yossi does, does, doesn't make you do that. Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnahs has taught us that you're allowed to do all these other things, basically to prevent loss for the olives, or for the one. I'm Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says, Halacha Krav Yosef. The Halacha, in fact, is like Rav Yosef. Okay. Ba'omidim Rav Nachman Bar Yisak. They asked Rav Nachman Bar Yisak the following question. Ma'hu l'meisha chavita deshechar b'cholon moda. What's the Halacha about um, sealing a barrel of beer on cholon moda? I guess you want to prevent the loss. So, Amr Lon, Sinai Amar. Now, Sinai, Rashi says in the reference to Rav Yosef. Sinai said, Halacha Krav Yosef, like we just said. That sounds like you should be allowed to do it, right? So Gemara said, "Amar Dam Rabbi Yosi Bechamra Veshirchem Yamar." So it's true. Rabbi Yosi said that when it comes to wine, you can do things you need to do to save the wine. But he say the same thing when it comes to beer. Gemara says, "Vachamra Tamamai Mishum Dinafshet Seda." When it comes to wine, the reason why you should be allowed to do this is because the loss is great. Now we did say before that the loss is not as great as olives, but presumably it's a greater loss than beer. So Shifranami Ipapseda, you say, yeah, well, beer also has a loss, and we don't have to necessarily measure the relative loss here, right? Because we're not talking about Shrikha arguments, we're just saying, like, is there a loss or not? So you would say, yeah, there is a loss. Uh, to Amr Abaye, as Abaye said, Amr Li'aim Barshit Sabe Bishia Mi Bartmani Veloshia. As Abaye said, my mother taught me, Abaye often, often said this, like, uh, my mother taught me the following, that uh, that uh, six, what did you say, how to say, um, yeah, a uh, bar means, uh, we're talking about a barrel. A barrel that has six sa'ah that's sealed in is better than a barrel of eight sa'ah that's not sealed in. Meaning that if you don't seal in the beer, you have a significant loss, right? Like it's even six sealed in would be more valuable than eight. So that's a pretty significant percentage loss. Okay. Fine. New point. Amarav Chalabar Gurya Amarav. He says the halachot of cholamoid is similar to halachot that relate to kutim, to these Samaritans. Okay, the Samaritans were these, you know, sort of like quasi-converts, but often treated more similarly to non-Jews. What's the practical point here? What halacha are we talking about? Amar of Daniel Barkatina, lomar shehen akurot in the zomizo. It's to say that they are um, akurot. Rashi says, Ki'isha akarasha in ladam mimena pri alagufa. Akurot means like a sterile woman, like, like an akara. He doesn't mean that there's specific halachot of the moed are comparable to halachot of kutim. What he means to say is the halachot of halachot are unique in the sense that it's very hard to, to glean what the halachot would be in other circumstances from the halachot of halachot. Similarly, the halachot of kutim are unique in the sense that you can't really derive what to do based on what you know you're allowed to do or not allowed to do with kutu. Okay. To Amr Shmuel, so for example, as Shmuel said, Zovtin kusta ve'en zovtin chavita. Shmuel said you can seal a jug, a kusta, with pitch, but you can't, you're not allowed to seal a barrel. Okay? Ancholomoy. Rabdimi min amar zovtin chavita ve'en zovtin kusta. He said the opposite. You're allowed to seal up a barrel, but not the jug. Why? Why do they disagree? Marachayish of Seda, Marachayish One's more concerned with loss, 
Okay, so you can seal up the larger thing, the barrel, and one's worried about Tircha doing too much work, and there you'd be allowed to seal up the jug, but not the, not the, um, not the barrel. Okay, but okay, so you see that. So I guess it's like a unique. I guess the idea they're trying to say that's a unique halacha or something like that. Okay, Amr, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll stop there. Yeah, let's stop there and we'll continue with Hashem tomorrow. Okay, guys? Have a great day. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob.